Will Liverpool sign a stopgap midfielder? How much did the Reds boss City in the Community Shield? And who are you going to keep, loan or sell from these upcoming starlets? All this and more on the Room Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to The Room, the podcast brought to you by LFC Transfer Room. I'm Richie and I'll be one of your hosts, but before we get into everything else, I just wanted to say a huge congratulations to former Liverpool ladies players Lucy Bronze and Alex Greenwood, who both won the European Championships tonight with the England Lionesses. Congratulations ladies, you're an absolute inspiration and we wish you all of the very best in the future and of course tonight and probably the week for your celebrations. I'm joined today by my transatlantic cousin, Rigo. How are you, my brother? Doing well, doing well. It's been a really good weekend thus far. We're recording on Sunday, so currently we're down three zip uh, against Strasbourg. But apart from that, it's been a terrific weekend. How are you? Good, yes. And uh, I'm also joined tonight by Tino, who's making his podcast debut. You might have seen Tino on the streams and the screens. He's a proper red through and through, and it's a pleasure to be with you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a bit tired after the journey uh, back home from uh, from Leicester yesterday after the match. But yeah, not 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 too bad. Good. We're going to get into that. And uh, I'm glad that you were there because we want to get your reaction to that game too. Um, Tino has the job of replacing our other main co-host, Alex, who's actually at Anfield tonight reporting on the game. But fear not, after today's performance against Strasbourg, he probably won't be welcome back ever again. So he probably will be on the podcast more regularly. Um, we're going to get into so much more, but let's firstly do the transfer roundup. Bournemouth are considering reigniting their interest in Liverpool defender Nat Phillips after their manager Scott Parker questioned his centre-back options. Liverpool had been anticipating an offer of a permanent transfer for the 25-year-old and they did set an asking price between £12 and £15 million. Roberto Firmino has insisted he wants to stay at Liverpool after speculation of a move to Juventus during their summer transfer window. The forward does, though, have one year left on his contract at Anfield. Jurgen Klopp could reportedly eye up a stopgap move in midfield for Hakan Kalanguluhu, Adrian Rabio, or Ishmael Benekur, according to Kelsomerko Webb. The Italian outlet reports that the German is an admirer mainly of the Inter Milan playmaker, and the latest from Italy comes after the news of Oxlade Chamberlain's horrific hamstring injury that will take him a long time to get over suggesting Klopp could delve into the market for a stop gap addition Liverpool could be set to make moves for 19 year old Santos forward Marcos Leonardo according to reports now this Brazilian netted 15 goals in 39 appearances for his current club last term and according to Bolivie Liverpool are expected to make an official proposal so transfer roundup uh, Tino as the guest I'm going to go to you first. Does anything in there like catch your interest, catch your eyes, or anything in there that you think could be rubbished out? Or is there anything in there that you think actually Liverpool could do with perhaps advancing on? Um, I think it's blatantly obvious we need someone in midfield. Ox's injuries is a huge disappointment, but expected, if I'm being brutally honest. He's um, he's made of paper, essentially. He's He's... Even when he's played, he's, he's not been good enough as well. Um, we seem quite short in the midfield. 
Um, so Ox's injury is is disappointing, of course. But I, I'd I'd hope we bring in um, someone, whether it's Chanaloglu or however you say his name, or or, or otherwise. Um, I do hope we do bring someone in that midfield. Um, the other thing that catches my eye is, is the Bobby Firmino links staying at the club. Um, I've, I've been one of those person who have been quite critical of Bobby recently. Um, it, it, it's it's obvious that he's potentially not as effective as he used to be, but he still offers a lot on on the pitch and off it. Um, I was I've previously said. I think he should go this summer, but then having seen his performance yesterday, which which actually was quite good, um, and looking at the fee we could get for him this summer, I don't think we'd get anybody in to replace him who can do and be as effective as he is for that 20, 25 million, whatever it was quoted, um, that Juventus offered. So is is there a question there about a new contract? Do we do we give him another two years, maybe three, reduce the wage? He knows he's not going to play consistently. Would he accept that? Um, that's something that I think the club need to, to need to figure out because a, a year left on his contract, um, you'd have thought it, a decision would have been made by now. Yeah, it's really interesting as well to read Bobby's comments because he said that he was happy, more than happy to stay in the city and he loves the city, he loves the people and he loves the club. So it looks like there probably is a deal to be made. It, it looks like he's he's set to usher in a new era in Darwin Nunez um, and he's happy to like almost ease him in as he did yesterday or perhaps become a, a more of an impact player. You know, let's not forget that Bobby can play as a 10 and that might just very well suit Nunez if he's going to play in behind him as that shadow striker or attacking midfielder. Um, Rigo, I'll go straight over to you as well. Anything else in there that the Roundup had to offer? Yes, if if Liverpool were 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 to actually make a splash and go for Hakan Chanolu, that would be tremendous. He he's a super creative force, the best Turkish player uh, by far uh, at this point. Um, we might get a couple of my Turkish brothers to, to support Liverpool as well, so that'd be awesome. Uh, he, he 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 can he, he does a lot. He offers a lot on the field. Uh, he played tremendously for AC Milan and, and Inter Milan now, so I think he would add a lot. I'd, I'd be surprised if he's on the market. To be quite honest, um, he offers some size. He's he's very creative. Looks for the pass, and he's not bad defensively either. But. Uh, I, I doubt that move pretty much uh, of happening just based on Klopp's comments and and as well as his belief in, in in what we have to offer either currently on the first team or uh, VR Academy as we we've seen throughout this preseason. Um, mainly, you know, uh, one's jumping out right now. Stefan Bastecic, uh has been has been remarkable so far. Uh, at the sixth position, very skillful. So I think uh, even with Ox going down, uh, quite unfortunate. Um, I don't think he's ever recovered from the traumatic injury, and I think it's just been, um, you know, him just trying to get back. It's 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 just been quite unfortunate. Um, so I think that this is definitely his last season with us, and uh, and it's quite unfortunate he can't show what what he has to offer at least jumping out from the beginning of the season to other teams for for next season or to even possibly extend his contract. 
Uh, going on what Tino said with regards to for uh, to Bobby Firmino, I'm very happy that it's turning out that he's going to stay. Um, even if his performance might have dipped, he doesn't offer as much of a bite on the attacking side. He's one of those glue guys that keeps the team together and connects all the pieces. And as Richie alluded to, easing uh, Darwin in and providing that cover, uh, even at playing at the same time is quite possible because Bobby can easily shift back a little bit more and, and play that that attacking midfielder role. Um, uh, I think Bobby is one of those guys that's needed just like Milner is needed for this squad. Unlike our rivals yesterday, who we beat in the Community Shield, uh, three to one. I called the score. I didn't get the the the, the goal score is correct. I did call the score, but uh, uh, unlike our rivals, uh, our players aren't looking to leave this squad. If anything, they're looking to extend their stay, uh, as we've seen by the re-signings, including Gomez, my 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 surname, uh, brother. Uh, they're looking to stay, and I think Bobby is one of those as well who who would look to probably do a one at one plus one or possibly a one year extension to his current deal to kind of uh, ease the mind of, of the squad. I, I know he's looking for game time, and I think he will get game time just looking at the injuries that we have thus far with Jota not being available. So um, I'm very happy with that news. So that's what's caught my eye. Bring on Chanola if we can. I'd, I'd be quite happy with that, but otherwise. Uh, very happy with what we have. Yeah, speaking of Chalohu, like it's it, it's not a Liverpool signing because he's 28 years old. I know that we obviously signed Thiago when he was uh, in his latter days, but he's actually over the past uh, 365 days, according to FB Ref, his stats are phenomenal. Like I know that he's you know he, he's probably playing in a a league that you know superciliously we think is inferior to our Premier League, but at the same time he's in the 99th percentile for assists for goal shot creating actions. He's in the 97th percentile for shots total. And he's in the 79th percentile for non-penalty goals. So like there's an absolute player in there. What would perhaps, you know, maybe, uh, maybe tar that reputation is the fact that he doesn't press. But again, this is a clock system. He, He would probably learn to press. He actually only presses in the 12th percentile. Uh, and he only actually tackles 1.5 tackles a game, but it's the way that people play. Okay. So like Liverpool would be demanding more of that. So you would expect to see those, you know, presses and those tackles to to naturally be boosted. I can't see it happening if I'm completely honest, um, basically because I think our midfield is stacked anyway. Um, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, Adrian Rabio and, and, and Benneker, I also can't see really happening. Um, Marcus Leandro though. I mean, <laughs> It's an interesting one. Liverpool don't tend to sign, you know, players, I don't think, like, you know, who are not already, like, in Europe. It, it, it's quite it's quite an interesting one, and I'd love to see that happen. We've seen it, obviously, throughout the Premier League era, where teams have signed players from Brazil and Argentina, uh, and especially in, you know, Madrid and Barcelona. They have signed players like that, and they've become absolute world beaters. So that's one that perhaps Bolivip might be... Uh, might be one to consider. But anyway, let's move on because, Tino, I want to talk to you about yesterday, about the Community Shield, because watching it at home felt like it was sensational. I didn't even know it was at King Power. It could have been anywhere. It could have been at the Camp Nou. It could have been at Wembley. It could have been anywhere because those Liverpool fans did the team so proud yesterday with their exhilaration and and their passion. And I generally think that's what rattled City early on. Liverpool dominated that game. 
And I'm not even being biased. I genuinely don't think I am. Liverpool dominated that game from start to finish. There was a little blip in the middle. But apart from that, it was only ever going one way. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. We dominated from minute one. We controlled the game. Um, we really stopped doing, stopped City doing from from what they love to do, which is essentially pass teams to death. Um, Liverpool just, we, we were phenomenal. We didn't give them any time and space on the ball for large parts of the game. They couldn't settle into the game. They couldn't ease their way into the game. Um, it was instantly, it was like it was just another game from last season on that run of, of games where we just battered teams. Um, and City, City really struggled. We were very aggressive. We were very fluid in, in in the way we played in our formations. When City did get the ball, they were they struggled to create very many chances. They had a couple, a couple of very very good chances. Don't get me wrong, um, which Haaland fluffed. Um, but we had a very good defensive shape when when City got the ball. Um, we worked very tirelessly off it. Thiago just seems press resistant. No matter how much pressure you put on him, he just. He just oozes class and just glides away from everybody. Um, and on top of that, he, he works very hard defensively as well, which is something that I was very concerned about when we were signing him. Um, it was one of those things where I was looking and thinking, very good on the ball, unbelievable passing, a world-class elite player, but is he going to work hard off the ball? Is he going to put in those defensive performances that you want to see from your midfielder and, and I have to say he did he was he was truly superb um Darwin Nunes when he came on was brilliant uh he really showed his his worth within that half an hour um and he had he had a decent chance to put it to bed before City equalized which um obviously didn't didn't pan out the only the only person who I think disappointed me in that game was Adrian um, I'm not going to slate him completely. I think he had an okay game. Um, he made a, f a fair few decent saves, but I think from the first minute, um, the ball got played back to him from Matip. I think he tried to play it back to Matip and played it behind him near the byline and it went out for a throw in. And you could tell from minute one, he was nervous. You could tell he was very anxious when playing. Um, and maybe that's just as a result of not playing consistently. Maybe it's just he's coming as a backup goalkeeper. You've got to be ready. And maybe he just wasn't ready. Um, but I think he proved during times why he's now third choice and why Kelleher is now in front of him. Um, obviously, hopefully, Alisson will be back for the Fulham game and I won't have any worries or concerns. Um, but the atmosphere was phenomenal. The atmosphere, I was saying just before we went live, that the atmosphere was electric it was unbelievable the ground was bouncing the stand was shaking I, I genuinely thought when we when we scored the first goal when Trent put the ball into the back of the net I genuinely thought that the, the ground was going to collapse underneath me because it we, the whole stadium was just bouncing it was honestly one of the best atmospheres I've, I've seen at a game um, and experienced it was just it was unreal. The supporters were brilliant from start to finish, and we truly deserved. Um, I think three-one was was, if I'm being brutally honest, was a, was generous. I think I think that was. It could have been so much more because City really struggled. Um, and the one thing I've talked about a lot 
before now in relation to the Haaland and Nunes debate is Manchester City have put all of their eggs in one basket on Erling Haaland. They've lost Gabriel Jesus, who got 13 goals and 12 assists in all competitions last season. They've lost Raheem Sterling, who got 17 goals and nine assists in all competitions last season. Considering his significant injury history, that's a that's a lot of pressure to put on a, on a guy. And don't get me wrong, his stats are phenomenal. 86 goals in 89 games for for Dortmund in in his Dortmund time. 20 in 21 for uh, for Norway at international level. His, his stats are phenomenal, but it's a lot of pressure to put on a one guy to replace those two who were at times last season for City superb. Um, that is why for me Liverpool are going to be the best. Liverpool are going to dominate and win the title this season, and I am 100% confident of it. Yeah, I think it's a really good point that you've made. I think there were several good points that you made, to be fair. But, I mean, listen, I'm I'm not one to get on the back of Haaland because he, that boy, you can put out whatever you want. Yes, the miss at the end was, was a miss. That boy is still going to score 20-plus goals this season because he will have the chances to. And same as Nunes. The only difference is that Nunes doesn't have to do it straight away. It feels like Haaland has to do it straight away. Nunes has the likes of Diaz, Firmino and Salah next to him. And let's not even talk about Jota when he comes back, you know, who had one of the best finishing rates in the Premier League last season and the season before. So um, City have put a lot of eggs in one basket, especially if these Bernardo Silva rumours to Barcelona actually develop as well. Because as much as a rat he is, and I, you know, I, I don't really like him. Uh, I, I think he's very disrespectful and the guard of honour, etc. But he's one hell of a player. And if they lose him, I don't see anybody in the world who could probably do what Bernardo Silva does. And that's run, assist, allow Kevin De Bruyne to be Kevin De Bruyne and still score goals. Um, so I, I, I think I, I don't know what's going on at City at the moment. I still think they probably are title favourites. But listen, let's not beat about the bush. You know what you said yesterday. Darwin Nunez was sensational. He came on, got the penalty, scored the winner um, that did... You know, not for me, but like my prediction when I said 2-1 last week on the pod, it did on the 94th minute think, oh no, now he's handed the win to Rigo. But listen, I'm just so over the moon that those Liverpool fans, Tina, I'm just going to go over to you straight away because when I heard that Nunez, 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 I just thought that is so special for not only Nunez, but for Carvalho to hear as well, because that's the club you're joining. As soon as Darwin Nunez came on, those chants started because they saw the stick that he was getting from all of those trolls on Twitter who've never kicked a ball in their life. That is the support you're getting from this football club. And that is who will stand behind you every day, twice on Sundays. That's the team that you're playing for right now. And it was so special for him to be able to cap that debut off with a goal. I mean, like how rapturous was it in the stadium when that third goal went in? Surely it was just like pure eruption. It was. It was. It was genuinely superb. I was like everybody in the stand was just hugging each other. We were just screaming at the top of our lungs, um, and everybody was just running. Literally, my entire row was just running around and hugging everybody. It was just. It was honestly phenomenal. It was one of the best atmospheres I've experienced at a Liverpool game. I, I know I've been very fortunate to go to some big games recently, um, but it was just. It was unbelievable. The ground was shaking, the crowd, the atmosphere, the, the flares going off was just it, 
I was, I'm just, man, I'm so grateful that I was there. I'm so grateful that I got to experience that. Um, and it's, I just, I genuinely, it was surreal. It was such a surreal moment to experience as a, as a supporter. Um, and I really hope someone, uh, anybody else that listens to it gets to experience what I experienced because it was, it was truly phenomenal for what is essentially being classed as a glorified friendly. Um, it was just, it was like we were at Anfield. It genuinely was because the city fans were quiet the entire game. They, they, they maybe popped up for about five minutes after the scored, but they were quiet the entire game. They were sat down on our seats, on their seats, saying absolutely nothing the entire game. And it was so nice to see the looks on their faces when we, when we, Salah got the, got the goal, and then when Nunes scored in the 94th minute, I just, wow, unbelievable, unbelievable. You probably couldn't have wished for a better day, to be fair. Beating Man City, winning the trophy, the only trophy that Klopp and Hendo, etc., hadn't won, and Darwin Nunez scoring to just silence all of his critics. And every, everything that went on when he first came on for, like, what, 20, 30 minutes, like, it was, it was a ridiculous thing to ever say. I think that motivated him. And for a Liverpool player... That's what you need because Salah's had stick in the past and so is Bobby and so is Mane and so is Henderson and so is Cater and so is Thiago and so is Fabinho and so is Robertson. Like the list goes on and on. But that there from Nunez, that passion shows what that boy is all about. Riga, I'm just going to go over to you. There was one other man who was integral to everything that happened with all three goals and that's Mohamed Salah. How integral is Mohamed Salah to this campaign? It looks like he's going to be playing more of a... You know, more. I, I don't want to say more of a Harry Kane role because it's not going to be. But like, he he's an absolute playmaker now. You know, he doesn't just score goals. It looks like he's he's now the playmaker of that team too. He looks like he can do everything. This boy is sensational, and I think he showed that with all three goals yesterday. How important is Mohamed Salah? Uh, I think he's fully free at this point. Quite honestly, he has this. Uh, he extended his contract. He's being paid uh, wages commensurate to the star, star that he is. And uh, I think kind of having Mane leave in a way kind of, you know, put him up there to the point where he can just be himself, not worry, do, do I need to pass to Mane or not? And and just letting him just be himself. He's definitely looking a lot more for, for his fellow teammates. Um, he was our highest rated player according to Sofa score at 8.7. Uh, successful on all five of his dribbles, his passing up there with Thiago, quite amazingly, he he he, uh, he touched the ball 52 times, made 30 accurate passes for a 93.8 uh, success rate uh, with four key passes. And out of the 11 ground duels that, that he had, six of them went his way. So he's putting in an effort all, all up and down the pitch. His heat map was incredible on that right side. Um, and he's definitely looking for his teammates in addition to trying to score the ball as well. So another season where he's the top scorer as well as leading leading assist uh, uh, maker, I think is quite is right in the cards. I'm sure everyone will have him locked in to their weekly lineups uh, as the number one probably player right up there. So it's quite exciting to, to see him blossom even more. We thought he hit these heights maybe three years ago where he set the scoring record. But at this point, I think he's a much more complete player. Um, and I think he's fully free and fully and fully into himself at the moment. And 
us as fans, uh, selfishly, we're probably we can probably be a little on the happy side that Egypt didn't qualify for the World Cup because that's one less tournament on his legs, extending his his career, his mileage, and he can just concentrate fully on being the best player in the Premier League. I think that's really important, the fact that Egypt probably haven't gone because Man City are going to have a lot of players going to the Premier League. And listen, I'm not being disrespectful to any other team in the Premier League, but it's Liverpool's and City's all day. Like, it's one of the two. And the fact that so many of City's key players are going to go to the World Cup doesn't give them a rest where we've we've got the likes of Robbo and Salah that aren't going to go to the World Cup. And they've almost got like a, another mini pre-season before they then start another season. So if Liverpool can keep fully fit, and that's a big if, especially in that midfield, you know, I, I certainly would not be writing them off. Um, one other player I did want to mention is Fabio Carvalho because he had a, a big hand actually in that third goal, in the Nunez goal. And he won the ball in midfield, gave it to Naby Keita. Keita popped it back to Carvalho who ran at the defence, whipped it out to Salah. Salah obviously crossed it in. Robbo cross-header, Nunez finish. Carvalho just seems to have settled in straight away, Tino. Like, he just seems to have taken no time. This is a youngster, someone who played in the championship last year for Fulham. Yes, they were menaces in front of goal. They were absolutely brilliant going forwards. But it looks like there's been no transition. And what's interesting is Klopp said, I don't know. I don't know what to do with him because I don't know where to play him because I don't know where his best position is. Is that a help or is that a hindrance for Carvalho going forwards this season? I guess... To a certain extent, it's a help because it's going to help him get more minutes on the pitch. It's going to allow Jürgen to really mould him into the player that he wants to he wants him to be. Um, he was superb for for, for Fulham um, last season. Um, he was unbelievable. I I was a bit surprised he didn't go back on loan to Fulham this year for the season in the Premier League. Uh, if it, if if they'd have guaranteed in game time, I, I think that's a, an option we should have potentially looked at um but it, it's it's really good that he's already getting minutes on the pitch um even though he's a quote-unquote glorified friendly uh he, he really he seems to have settled in really well um and i think it goes to show how much of an uh how much game time and how much of an influence that he's gonna get uh this season because Jürgen clearly trusts him already um, bringing him on, even though it was it was very late on, bringing him on in in what is a very very big game, a, a huge game, one of the biggest of the season, irrespective of what competition it's in, um, against the team that we are going to be battling week in week out for Champions League, domestic trophies as well. It's it's a huge game to bring him on in, even if we are winning. Um, so I think it really goes to show how much Jürgen trusts him and, and how much he's going to play this season. Um, I don't know if he's played today. I don't know how he how he's done. I haven't had a chance to watch the game today, but um, I really, I really, he, he looked like a frightening player in the championship. So if he can even get ten percent of what he achieved in the championship at this Liverpool side this season, we've got a frightening player on our hands. Okay, let's uh, let's move on then because you know we said we even said last week, Rigo, you and I, that it you know is it a glorified friendly? We don't know, but now we know it's obviously the biggest competition in the world, and Liverpool have just won it. So 
you know, we're, we're really glad because we did say that last, last week on the pod. Uh, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is keep, loan or sell. And I said it's going to be a really tricky one this week. So you have to keep one player, loan one player and obviously sell one player. It's going to be difficult. Your choices are, and Tino, you get to go first as the guest, Tyler Morton. I'm not going to butcher it. Stefan Bajatic or Cade Gordon. So oh. Morton, Bajatic, Gordon. I know I said it was hard. I went really harsh this week. Keep so, loan, sell. Oofed. I like Martin, but I rate Stefan. I'm not even going to attempt to say his last name. Um, I rate Stefan and Cade Gordon above him. So I'd sell. I'd, I'd sell Tyler Martin. Um, I would, I would learn. Oh, this is really tough. Um, I would learn Kate Gordon because I don't think he's had enough experience yet in and around the first team and in in the academy. I think he still needs to develop and learn. And I, I think, although he's young and he's, he's shown when he's played and in the academy he's done well. I still think he's, he needs to develop and there's already a number of different options in the forward line that are in his place. So if we keep him, he's not really going to play a lot. Um, and then Steph, Stefan I'd keep because I think if he continues down this path, he's the alternative to, to Fabinho. Um, you looked at the game, one of the Red Bull sides, I couldn't tell you which one. Um, he won the ball high. He pressed high, which is which is a key aspect of of what Jurgen likes his his six his DM to do to press high to win it high up. So he can so as as a an attacking outlet, we can have a bigger chance of having a bigger impact on that game with that attack. Um, he won it high. He played the ball off right. He, he's looked very composed and calm on the ball throughout throughout his time in preseason so far. Um, so I think I, I think that's what I do. Tyler Morton's going, unfortunately. Um, I do rate him highly, but in, in this instance, he's he's got to go. Kind Gordon goes on loan, and Stefan Bajtetic. I don't know. Stefan's uh, staying. Bajtetic. Bajtetic. There you go. I asked Rigo earlier. He's the king of pronunciation, mate. So yeah, Rigo, nice. I asked him early pre-pod. Um, okay, Rigo, over to you. Uh, I would actually go with the uh, same three selections there. Uh, Morton, I think, while he's done an admirable job uh, while filling in uh, last season, um, I, I, I don't foresee him as a starter for Liverpool or as a possible uh, uh, game winner, game changer. Uh, so I'd, I'd sell him. I'd loan out Kate Gordon, get that experience, get those minutes in, uh, being a creative outlet there on the right side try and replicate from Salah as much as possible while out on loan and, and hopefully set himself uh, to be the future heir apparent. Uh, so definitely I'd loan him out and to keep, I'd keep on, I'd keep on Stefan Bacetic. Uh Definitely he's from, from Spain with Serbian roots, played for Celta Vigo, which is one of the Galician teams I root for. Uh, my mother's from Galicia. So right there, there's a connection there. Another Spaniard on the squad. 
And from what we've seen this preseason, he he offers a he's very skillful with the ball. He's not afraid of holding on to it, drawing defenders in, and then opening up space for these other teammates. He seems very calm. As as Tino mentioned earlier, uh, his pressing against RB Leipzig led to the Elliott assist, which led to Nunez's goal. So him knowing where to be and picking up uh, all those skills needed from Fabinho being on the first team squad, I definitely keep him. We need cover at that position. He He's played both center back as well as a six. So he offers versatility, which is one of the biggest things uh, Klopp looks for in, in our players. So he can shift uh, between both lines. So I definitely keep him along. And um, so th- 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 that would be my opinion on long so okay well i can't go with you know the consensus because that would be boring to say in which case i am going to sell Cade gordon and the reason why i'm going to sell Cade gordon i know tino's going mad is because we got harvey elliott on that right hand side for the next 20 years uh and also i can't say the same as you guys that'll be boring for everyone else there'll be no controversy so Cade Gordon's got to go. I'm, I'm loaning out Tyler Morton because he's the future in that midfield. We know that we we need the midfield. Uh, and Baj Tetic is going to stay because he's going to learn off the best. Um, so, you know, Harvey Elliott is the future. And Tino is, I think, close to tears right now. But I had to, I have to choose something different. You know, we can't all say the same thing. Listen, they're three excellent, excellent players. And they're three players that... You know, Liverpool is so lucky to have. Um, and I look forward to seeing all of them in the future. Listen, everybody else who's listening on Spotify, who's probably just crashed their car with me saying Cade Gordon's being sold, um, put in your comments what you think as well. I'm sure that you would agree with Tino and Rigo too. But I think Tyler Morton is the future. I really hope that he hits the ground running. And listen, hopefully we keep all free. But that's not the name of the game. We've got to keep, loan or sell. We're now going to go on to our final segment, and that is the match predictions. Obviously, we play Fulham away, half 12 kickoff on a Saturday. Rigo won the last lot of predictions. So Rigo currently stands at three points because he said 3-1. I said 2-1. Cheers, Darwin, for the 95th minute uh, that took the three points away. But I'm very, very glad for you, obviously. You know, that's far more important. Uh, and Alex gets, so I get one point because I got the correct score. Uh, sorry, the correct result. Alex gets zero points because he said 1-1 one, one, and then Liverpool win on penalties. One absolute pessimist. Alex, if you're listening, shame on you. So it goes 3-1-0. Tino, you're stepping in for Alex this week. What is your prediction for the Liverpool-Fulham game on the upcoming Saturday? Hmm. 4-1 Liverpool. I, I don't think Fulham have strengthened that well so far. They've brought in a couple of OK players been linked with a, a quite a few which haven't gone through yet um but they haven't made they haven't made much impact in in the market for me I, I haven't seen anybody who, who's come in or they've been linked with that I think that's a key player that's a guy who's going to really change their season um and I'd expect them to do the same thing they do every year come up get relegated batter the championship come up again get relegated batter the championship like Give it, give it 20 years and Fulham will do exactly the same thing. They're not going to change unless they invest. Um, but not. it's not just about investing. It's about investing smartly. And I, they haven't done that. They haven't done that at all. So for me, it's 4-1. Um, I, think, I, I, I think knowing us will start slowly. 
we we uh we tend to just take it take it chill in a game that that is against the lower tier side for the first ten minutes and concede and then Jürgen has a go at everybody at half time and then we batter them in the second half. So four one four one for me. Four one. So uh Tino slash Alex is at four one. Rigo over to the reigning champion who actually got also not just a three one prediction right, but two out of the three t- uh, goal scorers, which we weren't even doing. So <laughs> yes, uh uh right on the first week, hopefully right on the on the second week, uh official kickoff of the Premier League. Uh, I'm actually gonna go three three nil uh with this match. Uh, I think we'll be too much for Fulham. And we'll win comfortably 3-0. And as far as goals, I'll go with Salah with two and one goal for Bobby. Bobby. I would love a Bobby goal. I just love that man. Bobby Firmino. If he scores, my face is just like lit up like his smile. I just love that boy. Anyway, I will then go in the middle and I'll go 4-0. And the reason why I'll go 4-0 is because of what Tino said. I don't think they have strength enough. I think they've lost in Carvalho. I can't see Mitrovic beating Van Dijk or Gomez slash Matip because obviously Ibu, unfortunately, was injured today. Um, I just think we'd have too much and I could see us getting out of the blocks early because Liverpool want to set a precedent. This is our league. This is our title. We're sick of losing by a point and this is our time right now. So I'm going to go 4-0. Um, I'm at Stagdu actually in Newcastle, ironically. Um, so I'll be watching in the tune and I'll be cheering on whilst also getting glassed by lots of angry Geordies, no doubt. So there we go. But listen, thank you everybody for joining us on this podcast. Um, thank you so much for everything that you do for us, for all of the five-star ratings, for all the comments in YouTube and for everything that, you know, you've made us become, uh, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I've been Richie, Tino and Rigo. Thank you so much. As always, we'll see you next week. Up the Reds.